great show lined up for you today about plastics and the circular economy. Here at Can, we like to focus on open and inclusive dialogue. For people who are interested in our previous shows, you can find our free archives at Spreaker.com, at the Can Project Podcast on Spreaker.com, or you can also find ad-free content on Patreon.com. For as little as one euro a month plus fat, you can help contribute. We do need help, so check us out on either Patreon or Spreaker.com. Are you an artist or creator with a social conscience? Do you have an inspiring story or material to share that's helpful to people? Are you an expert on culture, arts, nature, or wellness? If this sounds like you or someone you know, we'd love to hear from you at Can Projects, where we advocate that active engagement in positive and creative outlets is beneficial to our health and environment. Our talk show Can Projects podcast reaches 20 plus online platforms and features insightful, inspiring and expert guests. You can check out the show on our free archives on Spreaker.com and YouTube. We'd love to hear from you, so please feel very welcome to email us at canprojects.info at gmail.com. Help each other. Help us all. Welcome to the Can Projects podcast, where we love to talk about culture, arts, nature, and wellness. And we focus on inclusive and open dialogue. I'm your co-host, Chris Need, and we have the second part of a show on the plastic and the circular economy. And the first half was great, so I'm hoping this one will be super great. It is. It is great. And I'm, I'm your, your other co-host, Shane McKay, and it's our absolute pleasure to be able to bring this guest to you today, Piotr Barczyk who is the Senior Policy, Policy Officer for Circular Economy and Waste over there at the European Environmental Bureau, and they're based out of Brussels. And as Chris mentioned, we had a brilliant first show with, with uh, Pietra, and uh, there's a lot of info in there, so I really recommend yeah. that you go and check that out, Chris. What did, that was... Yeah, oh yeah, because otherwise, otherwise you won't know what's going on at all. <laughs> yeah. You know? There's a lot of info in these two shows, so we kind of thought it'd be best to kind of split it up. So I'll yeah. just give you a quick, before we roll that second half of the show, I'll give you a quick uh, idea for people who, who who haven't seen the first half of the show. I'll read out a, a little bit of uh, uh, Pietra Barczyk's bio. So Pietra is a Senior Policy Officer for Waste and Circular Economy at the EEB, that's the European Environmental Bureau. He has been working on those subjects at the EEB since 2013 and previously worked at the Polish Ministry of the Environment. At the EEB, he is responsible for chairing the Waste Working Group that comprises EU level and national experts with hands-on experience on waste and circular economy policies. He often organises events related to the circular economy package at EU national 
and local levels with related partners. Uh, so as well, it's worth mentioning that he has presented he's he's presented in over two hundred events worldwide, in, including high level parliamentary hearings. And before joining the EEB, he worked at the Polish Ministry of the Environment and in the Polish Humanitarian Action. So guy really, really tuned in. Mm. And uh, he's a super genuine guy. Like, Yeah, lovely guy to chat with, very friendly, really knows his stuff. And our website, if you'd like to find our website, it's eeb.org. That's the European Environmental Bureau, eeb org, and you can find Piotr at on Twitter and LinkedIn at P B A R C Z A K. That's P B A R C Z A K at Twitter and and the same on LinkedIn is LinkedIn, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. LinkedIn. What are you talking about? Okay, folks, so we're going to roll this second half of the show. And again, if you, if you, if you, if you missed the first half, well, we're checking it out. You'll find that in our archives over there at Spreaker.com, Cam Projects Podcast. And if you'd like to contact Cam Projects, you can email us at canprojects.info at gmail.com. It is really encouraging to see all this kind of collaborative kind of work happening across the EU on national and local levels. But I'm, I'm curious to know, do you, do you feel that the current efforts will adequately enough uh, address the challenges that, that you know, um, or do you feel like we need to, we, we really do need to be doing more sooner as far as mm-hmm. implementing a circular economy strategy? Of course, we should have started many years ago, Yeah, <laughs> to be honest, because uh, especially industrialized countries, you have, uh, we have uh, built a system that is failing and it's very difficult to change the system. It is a different situation in developing countries that are now building the infrastructure and the systems such as EPR system. They can, mm. they can uh, do it much better. They can leapfrog. Right. Yeah. But That's interesting, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but we can we can do more. We have to do more. Uh, we we see climate crisis approach well is there already, and it's we we see the impact uh, in weather uh, well, weather uh, conditions and then yeah. Mm. But so there is an urgent action. But we cannot just think about ourselves like consumers. No, this is we are we have too little power. People say we can vote with our wallets, but that's not enough. Mm. Uh, we have we need governments uh, that need to act, and we can here in Brussels we can act a lot, and we we work day and night to make those legislations very ambitious. But if the uh, legislation, the directives, European directives are not implemented at national level and then at local level, then we 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 do this for nothing. So we need to require you need to require from your governments local, and also hold producers responsible, and and you question them all the time. To act and stop to to do to stop greenwashing, and we see a lot of greenwashing also by governments mm. um, out there. So so these are the actions, yeah, governments. And what we can do as consumers, uh, yeah, one one thing is I would say it's voting. Vote for the mm. people who care about environment. Then also second thing, think about where your money, where, where do you store your money? You know what banks, what the banks invest in. Uh, your bank, what does, uh, or your pension scheme also. If they invest in fossil fuels, then you can be most zero waster 
you don't uh, use any bags, <laughs> plastic bags, but your money actually works against the environment again. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a great point about to do with greenwashing, actually, that and that we're seeing that happening, our offsets, carbon offsets, where it's like, well, you say you're green, but you're running, your, tra your transportation is running on diesel. So, like, how are you really, you know, how are you actually, like, doing the work? And, yeah, I, I do kind of, I think... Uh, innovation is a big part of all of this, you know what I mean? We've got to actually kind of think and re-strategize as far as, you know, even the models I think that businesses are kind of built on. I think a more like it, we, we really do need a kind of a much smarter approach to business models, you know, um, that that kind of that that are built in such a way. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hopeful that, you know, current businesses like hopefully we'll be able to make that transition without too much hassle but you raise a really interesting point there uh, uh, Pietro about uh, how developing countries are, are in a better position to actually make these changes because they're not they're not dug in yeah they're not tied into the system as it is like yeah I think that's fascinating actually that's really encouraging mm -hmm. that's the infrastructure and the, the stranded assets no uh, avoiding them but there is also one more thing with the developing countries so Think about circular economy as a huge pipe, okay? It's a pipe of floating resources. In a linear linear pipe, it goes from one way and it just extracts metabolism, you know, other way. As, as. But if we want to, what we want to do in circular economy is to bend this pipe, okay? But you cannot bend a pipe if it's thick, if it's, you know, the, the how you call it, the diameter. Yeah, it's yeah. very hard. You cannot do this. Mm. The, in, in the developing countries, we generate... On average in Europe, 500, 500 kilograms per person per year. Some countries uh, even go up to 800, like Denmark, uh, Sweden, or Germany. I, I don't know for Ireland. It might be a little bit less than average, which is great. But there are countries like Poland or Romania that generate even less, 300 uh, or 350 kilograms. But in developing countries, it's much, much less. Of course, it is linked to their purchase power. Probably they would consume much more if they would have more money. But in those countries, there are still business models based on buying your food every day in bulk without packaging. Right. Um, and also it's much more sharing, sharing economy, much more. Um, uh, well, I, what I want to say is that those countries have to preserve their level of consumption, increasing the, uh, the comfort zone and the, yeah, how would you say, the, the level of, of life. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, quality of life, yeah. but, but preserve the low waste generation. And they can do this uh, because they are not, uh, not, not bound to different um, in, uh, factors mm. that such as infrastructure, stranded assets uh, to, to increase that. But they are unfortunately uh, very much um, uh, impacted by the global corpor corporate interest where Coca-Cola yeah. or other companies sell the same uh, items as here uh, but without paying the EPR fee, the extended producer responsibility fees, or even more, even actually they even sell more plastic packaging because what is very common in the uh, developing countries is the um, sachet economy, we call it, you know? So we buy only five or 10 grams of um, washing powder because mm -hmm. you need 10 grams instead of buying here a one kilogram, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. So everything individual packages for individual use. Individual packaging, exactly. Yeah. So they are in the trap that is or a bit different, but can be addressed. And this is what is happening. Maybe it's the moment to say uh, that in two weeks, there is, um, in three weeks, there is um, uh, UN Environmental Assembly gathering in Nairobi. 
Oh. It is the highest level uh, of uh, discussions on environmental issues um, in the world. They gather every two years on so. Uh, but they prepare before that uh, some draft uh, resolutions. This year, the draft resolution is about plastic, a treaty on plastic. So how to oblige all the countries, all the governments that will be signatories to this treaty, and most of them uh, eventually will be, uh, so how those countries can can be obliged to uh, to um, to reduce ma uh, plastic generation and plastic pollution by addressing producers by implementing EPR systems by maybe implementing the deposit return systems yeah we've uh, seen by... that we've we, we, we've seen um like people on the ground in Nairobi are starting to they've been talking about it Ooh. just this week and I think our plastic bags are are, are banned in Nairobi in fact actually. Which is a quite a pro progressive move, really. Um, it, that comes with its own kind of problems as well. Like if you're just going to outright ban something, you know, when there's still kind of a bit of a demand, then it could, there's other kind of problems that that come. But I think this kind of like uh, a holistic kind of approach to the to these kind of issues is really probably uh, a correct approach. Mm -hmm. Of course, plastic bags is only one of the problems, and the, the, it's much larger. But it opens very often. It opens a debate. The same happened in Europe. In 2014, we had the plastic bag directive. I was working on that. And later on, the single-use plastic directive started that addressed much more holistically the problem, uh, forced producers to change their uh, production uh, production patterns. And uh, yeah, and countries are obliged. And, this, and this, this level of thinking is now being replicated at the UN level, at the global level. So, of course, yeah, Kenya, Bangladesh, Rwanda, they also had banned plastic bags before, which opened the way for, for other, um, yeah, other, other restrictions, which is, which is good. Yeah, it's great. And like, I know that's, that's lovely to hear. Actually, you worked on the plastic bag issue in Europe because uh, that's, that's brilliant. Like, and I know here in Ireland, the, the way it, it was kind make of... It made a massive impact in Ireland, actually. Yeah, it was fantastic, you know. And I think the way here, I, I don't know about the rest of Europe, but here anyway, it was pretty much, well, you have to pay for the bag, you know. And that's that's just the start of it. As you say, it's like it opens up a conversation. And but it's great, like even for me, who like I am conscious of like what I'm buying and like the waste involved and things like that. Like I'm now at the point where, you know, if I'm if I'm offered, a, I'd rather have no bag than have a plastic bag. Actually, you know, and we're seeing that kind of attitude um, really spread. You know, it's 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 fantastic. Yeah. Like I'm I'm kind of famous when I forget my bag of carrying things out of my teeth, like in the local area. Like <laughs> yeah. you know, I'd be have I have both armpits full of stuff in in my teeth and. It's nasty stuff, it, like leave. plastic. Yeah. It's nasty, nasty stuff. Like, and then there's even the other things, like um, you know, these the the the, the, the bio. It's a step in the right direction, at least. But some of these like bio biodegradable materials of plastic and stuff, uh, seemingly don't actually really um do that well in the environment when they're just left, uh, to to rot and waste. Um, so I think going back to the point about how we separate all these materials, that's probably like a really, really important part of this whole uh, thing, Pietro. It, 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 that's like vital, really. Mm -hmm. I, regarding plastic bags, I have to, I, I want to thank all the Irish people because the example of the plastic bag pee at the counter when you want to buy, I know it was very efficient in Ireland and I used it very often in 2014 to, uh, to encourage other governments to do the same, to, to put right. a fee and 
by putting the fee, you will see the, the people's behavior change. Because it does cost money. That's the thing. Even though people, sorry to cut across you, but even though people don't see that it's costing something, they they need to actually, you know, well, it is actually costing us a lot to continue the way we are. Mm -hmm. There are costs for the environment that are uh, very uh, difficult to account. And we are not uh, um, aware of that as consumers simply immediately. But the simple cost of five cents or 10 cents, maybe sound later, but Many people at some point will be fed up by paying this every time they go to the shop. So they will change their behavior. And that's what we often say that it's it's not only through education that we have to address people. With education, we can do, we can do, we can do a lot. With children, okay, it's important, but we cannot wait. The, the climate crisis, the resources crisis, biodiversity crisis, waste crisis is here and now. We need the change as soon as possible. Yeah. And the best way and most effective way is to educate people through their wallet. If they if they have to pay additionally something more, uh, they will change. But also, it's not only about consumers; it's also about producers. If producers will have to pay a larger, higher tax because of their unrecyclable waste uh, products that they put on the market, uh, hopefully one day they will be banned from doing so, you know, from putting unrecyclable items on the market. But before that happens, because it's very difficult, you know, there is lots of lobbying, lobbying also against this happening in Brussels. Before that happens, we can at least do the price signal you you produce uh, bad stuff okay it's not good but for the moment you just have to pay much more and then there are special taxes for that there's also an introduced um, now a discussion in brussels on the carbon tax mm. so all the imported products produced and imported products uh, if they have a higher footprint of carbon footprint uh, they will have to pay an additional tax and that will automatically you know use the, um, the economic mechanism to, to make uh, producers change, because nobody wants to pay more. We'll be back with more from the Can Projects podcast after these short messages. Here at Can, we like to focus on open and inclusive dialogue, and sometimes a bit of literature as well. So, Chris, we're gonna we're we're opening up a new chapter in the readings, the classic stories for Chris needs. Mm. Yeah, we're going to be starting on The Time Machine, which is a classic, classic H.G. Wells novel. It's a classic for a reason as well, because it's really, really good. I love it. It's been made into a film a few times, and uh, sometimes musicals, audio dramas. Chris Sneed, Classic Readings. What's that place you've always wanted to try? Well, you're there. Sharing plates with... Just one bite. Or on second thought, maybe not sharing. It's that good. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. The where loose change makes something of itself deal. Because only at McDonald's can a stop at the toll booth turn into an impromptu breakfast stop. Welcome to McDonald's. Can I take your order? It's hard to beat any size McCafe iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. But pairing it with the new cheese Danish is a good way to try. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. My sound man, Shane McKay, has his business called MacSoundServices.com. That's M-A-C-K SoundServices.com. What he does for me is I send him my shows and he, he does audio enhancements and stuff like that. He does miracles if you see some of the stuff I send him and how it comes back. 
So get a hold of Shane at MacSoundServices.com. M-A-C-K SoundServices.com. You're all very welcome back to the Can Projects podcast. It kind of, it's interesting, actually, because it reminds me, it's, it's kind of like there's similarities uh, with kind of tobacco use and, and, and how that was kind of implemented here. And we're seeing now like tobacco incrementally over the years. Well, first it was, what was it, Chris? It was like it was banned in pubs. Was the, That was yeah, a big one here in Ireland. And restaurants. And- yeah, um, like pub, kind of indoor public spaces. And then incrementally the price started to go up. But I think like a big, a big part of that strategy was also addressing the fact that people getting sick and becoming ill and and then the state having to pay for their care was costing a lot of money. So it was kind of a twofold thing where the tax uh, revenue that was being generated by higher prices, it was also giving an incentive to the consumer, but it was it was also addressing this massive cost that the state has to deal with when people do eventually become quite ill from tobacco use. And I think this issue of plastic and plastic use and, and, and thing, it's it's very it's quite similar actually, I think. Yeah, indeed, if all the money paid by those producers would come back, will be earmarked, would come back to the system, that would uh, help the the infrastructure for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just that it's not always happening. Very often we see in Europe that the EPR system, so this mechanism of collecting money and uh, bringing it back to the system, is not working properly. Uh, the money is not always cascading down to the municipalities that are in the end responsible for managing waste. Right. But yeah, that that is that is uh, um, mechanism that is uh, recommendable. And also, you mentioned about health issues, okay, with regards to cig- cigarettes. But um, but there are also new, uh, very striking, very worrying also science saying that plastics is harmful for our health because of different additives. Oh yeah, and like all right. Maybe if some people are still not so much impressed by the costs or by the you know. Aesthetics, they will be impressed by by the health problems, and that's another argument. Yeah, well, isn't it like isn't it like I mean, they're they're opening up fish now and just and birds, seabirds, and just taking lumps and lumps of plastic out of the birds, and like that same plastic, you know, like it 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 is it, it's going into us as well. Like I don't know what I'm not sure what the what the figures are on it, but it like it's quite alarming actually when we realize how much of this stuff, I mean, it is in the environment, we absorb what's in our environment. So of course it would make sense. I mean, maybe there's on a, on, on a kind of human level, we don't really want to face up to it, you know, as a society that like did, did, did that this, this problem, but it's there, it's real, we have to face up to it. It's becoming a matter of survival really, you know. Um, so I don't know. Is that something you've looked at much? Like as far as like the, what 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 we're like the plastic that's that that we're, that that's kind of working its way into the food chain. Yeah. So actually, I remember one number. So per week, we are cons- because plastics degrade into microplastics. They are in fish, as you said, but they are also in water, in air, in dust, in salt, in so many places. So they accounted that uh, per week we are consuming into our metabolism, um, equivalent of a credit card of plastic. Yeah. How many grams is that? I don't know, but I remember the, the, the credit card per week. Yeah, per week. That's the one I saw, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's quite scary. That's um, crazy. Like. Yeah, that's quite scary. And then, like, that's on average as well. Like, so, 
I suppose it kind of varies, like depending on, on where you're living, it's probably like a lot higher in some cases as well, which is, and, 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 and we're not, I, I think maybe, I don't know how much hard data is available right now, but definitely as time goes on, these kind of like health issues and, and the data on how it's affecting us, again, similar to tobacco where, you know, until the data kind of came out, it was kind of disputable, but over a period of time, it's more and more and more obvious, like the effect that it's going to have on our health. And th and that got, that's going to cost us money and, and resources and everything. So these issues are, are although there's like, <laughs> you know, there's quite a lot of lobbying and, and, and arguments against what we're talking about i think like keeping things as things as practical as we can is 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 quite quite important you know um so i, I that's why I, I really commend and love the work you're doing uh, pietra it's, it's great so i i i did what i was kind of we kind of touched on it a little bit al, al, already um as far as like um eu waste directives um you know that are that are being implemented and and for the future and stuff. But I suppose, and we did talk about collaborative work a bit, um, and we know it's happening on an EU level. But then um, I think globally, like how is that picture kind of working out? That's kind of a lot, a bit more complicated, is it? As far as different regions uh, collaborating together. I mean, you, you mentioned Nairobi there. I think is the US is going to be involved in those talks as well. Yes, yes, of course. Um, yeah, different regions are going with different speeds. I, I don't go to Nairobi. I, I will not participate in those negotiations. But there is an overall um, agreement that there is a lot of plastic pollution that is affecting our health and the environment. And if we don't stop it, we are we are going to, uh, yeah, we, we, are, we are going to hit the wall. Yeah. Um, um, so what can I say? The, uh, the, there is a strong movement of the NGOs. There is a strong coalition, which we are part of. Uh, it's called Break Free from Plastic. Uh, more than 1,000 uh, NGOs all over Europe, uh, all over the world. Um, and it's true that uh, in Europe, we maybe have, we generate a lot of plastic waste, but we also have infrastructure to deal with big part of it. But not all of it, but big part of it. Many countries around the world are dumped by plastics, by, by the same producers who have double standards, you know, one standard in Europe, but a totally different standard there. And they don't uh, care about their, the pollution they generate. This is typically Asian countries, the Philippines, for example. And, and a lot of our campaigners are there. There is also another issue um, that uh, developed world uh, found out. We, we, we see that we have a problem to treat all the waste we generate because we simply generate too much. So we, we dump uh, other countries with our waste. Uh, under There is a Basel Convention saying that it's forbidden to send waste that is uh, not for recycling. But it's uh, it's very gray area and uh, still many countries and producers are, or waste collectors are simply using this cheaper way to send it somewhere else. The Turkey now is very, very common. It's, 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 it's like bottom line economics. They will find a way to get the, to get the cheapest deal. Waste is always going the cheapest way, really. That's right. that's the problem, unless there is regulation. And this, this regulation is being reinforced now, the Basel Convention also, to ban um, plastic waste shipments to developing countries, so beyond the OECD countries. But, uh, for example, Turkey is in OECD and it's now dumped by plastic. China was uh, a place for dumping plastic of the world until 2018. They closed their borders, but... The neighboring countries, such as Malaysia, Philippines, were were, at, uh, were, were also getting this. 
as a consequence. Is incineration a lot of the time is end up and end ups were happening in the, in, those, in those cases. So many some countries recognize the problems of incineration and they put up the moratorium moratorium for building new incinerators. So no no incinerator there. Okay. It is also logic because. As far as in Europe, it may be generate, apart from electricity, it may be generate a bit of heat because in Europe we, we, it's cold. So we need this heat. Um, in the southern countries, in the global south, uh, you only need heat for heating water. And that's not, that, that, that's, uh, that's not enough a reason to build an incinerator uh, to re recuperate heat there. So no, there is really, there is really no uh, reason for a developing countries well, to be honest, there is no reason to build incinerators anywhere, but even more in the developing countries, because the technology is expensive. It requires constant maintenance and the skills might not be there. Filters have to be uh, changed all the time and the heat will not be uh, fully used there. So so really, this is simply illogical. Mm. Yeah, great. And I'll, I'll have to check out that was a break free from plastic. Is that the... Yeah we, yeah, we came across something there recently, Chris, wasn't it? I think it's a Dutch company. They're doing that great, great ocean cleanup. Are you familiar? Yeah, with yeah. They, 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 they're out, they're out, kind of digging away at the plastic in the ocean, like. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I'm not sure if that company is the is the member of the Brave from Plastic because what I hear it's actually against a bit the principles of the of the whole movement. Okay. Because I know that uh, cleaning oceans from plastic might sound. Yeah, attractive, interesting. Mm. But we will never clean the oceans from plastic if we don't stop the tap, if we mm. don't close the tap of yeah. plastic. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's a marketing. And unfortunately, clean up oceans is a marketing um, tool for big companies that pay millions. They pay millions, but they earn billions mm. from selling plastic. So their tap is always open and open. And we, People, we are contributing some money, thinking that the ocean clean up oceans will clean all the plastics with a spoon. You know, yeah. so that's that's the magnitude of the of right, the problem. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, well, that that, that would kind of make sense because we did. I mean, it is very common. We see these things that on the front of it, it looks like, oh, that's great, but is it really going to the core of the problem? Mm -hmm. And like you say, until we turn that tap off of plastic, well, I mean, we are swamped in this stuff. We really are swamped in it. And uh, what was it I saw? I saw is it? Is it? I don't know. I don't. I can't think of the exact figure, but it was something insane, like like a, a, a million plastic bottles a minute or something. It's like it, it's like it's way way up there. Or is it a second even? I don't know. I, 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 don't quote me on that because I don't have to, I don't have it right in front of me. But I know it's it's startling yeah. anyway. Yeah, I also tried to remember the numbers. I think it was every hour uh, equivalent of a, of an elephant. So some 10, 10 tons of plastic waste is reaching into into the seas every hour. Yeah, that's quite scary. That's quite scary. Um, yeah, the kind of the, the ocean stuff is something we kind of want to get into a little bit more. We're, we're, we're going to kind of come back to that. But we're, we're getting close. We're almost close to the hour here, Pietro. And this has been brilliant. But we, we have a couple of other little questions. And um, we, want, we want to make sure that there, that as well that there isn't anything uh, that we've missed. So we, we, we get to that. But before we get to that, um, we mentioned during your uh, bio, that yeah, you worked um, in the Polish Ministry of the Environment and in Polish Humanitarian Action. So I'm just kind of interested to know 
how has that work really kind of helped w with what you're doing now? You know, like where, where, like mm. how have you has that kind of like been a, been a strong um, kind of kind of ally in your work? Like to, to come from that kind of a background. Well, to be honest, I think every experience builds into some, you know, brings some value into the next job. So it's it's for sure uh, useful because I was at the ministry. I, I saw the policy making at national level, the struggles. And then I was working in, in Brussels, representing the Polish Environmental Ministry in 2011. Uh, so that was the old government, uh, nothing to do with the new. Uh, uh, but then uh, then I, I also felt that uh, there is only so much I can do with the government. Uh, it's I mean, it, it's quite important. You, you have uh, some, some um, leverage there. Um, but because of diplomacy and all these issues, you cannot really fight for the most radical things you want. So I, I joined the, the, well, then I joined NGOs, but my first NGOs was not environmental, was actually Polish humanitarian action. I worked in South Sudan. Uh, so I, I uh, was um, lucky to know a bit more about the situation in the global South so that I can expand my thinking about inter, inter uh, yeah, like I mean, looking uh, at the problems from from much different perspective. Yeah, that's really important. That's I think important. is actually to look at what's going on, like in in the whole big planet. Picture. Yeah, the big picture is so important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I I don't want to pretend that it's it's I, I learned a lot uh, or I I gained enough experience to really represent and um, yeah to work on behalf of of the of those of, of the global south. No, that's they. they the colleagues there in the global south have enough skills and and knowledge. Sometimes they just lack tools to advocate. But it's changing. Over the last eight years, it's changed a lot. We see more and more of them being active in in at UN level. Uh, so so it's it's much more um, much uh, much better now. Uh, but then I came to yeah to Brussels and uh, back to Brussels to uh, to work with the NGO that I work with. And to be honest, uh, yeah, many things to be learned. Uh, were new, uh, such as policy making in Brussels, and um, I, I'm, I don't think that that the previous experience was uh, yeah very much used. But yeah, I think uh, the experience builds uh, to any new to every new job always. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know how to answer a question, but sure. Yeah. There's there's always some skills are are transferable, but not all of them, and not directly. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I just I just yeah. kind of thought like you know like an interest in, in in humanitarian action and stuff is kind of like um, I would I would I would I would imagine that 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 kind of helps to open your eyes to kind of you know okay like what are, what's at the source of some of these challenges you know that we're that we're trying to address, but uh, we're, we're 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 just about to hit the air almost okay, and so we we got to wrap it up soon, and I, I have to say you've been an absolutely wonderful guest, and we'd yeah. love to have you back. But before before we we close it down, is there, is there anything else that we haven't kind of touched on enough that you'd maybe like to get into a little bit more at all or? For sure, there's many many things uh, on principles of circular economy. How they, how those principles should be understood. Uh, so just to wrap up, uh, circular economy has to be sufficient. So we, even if food waste is perfectly recyclable, we have to first of all think about prevention of it. So not to generate food waste. Same, same with PET bottles. They are recyclable, but we don't need abundance of it because recycling also costs. So a second principle is local circular economy to benefit the local communities and also to. Uh, 
to put the responsibility of, of treating waste by those who generated it. The, the circles have to be also clean. So yeah, there are some streams like PVC, for example, that can be recycled, but we cannot continue the legacy um, into, into, into the circular economy because it, it will be only detrimental for the whole concept. Uh, and yeah, some more principles. Uh, I will I will maybe leave it here. I invite everyone to uh, to reach to to, to me, and uh, I'm happy to collaborate uh, to explain more or to uh, to learn from you. Also, I'm happy to join uh, your podcast anytime again. But I also want to say that at the EB we cover a lot of different sustainability environmental policies, uh, from climate change, chemicals, agriculture. Um, so, so if you are, if you want, uh, we'd, we'd love to cover them all. We would yeah. love to cover them all. Yeah, and that's again, guys. That's uh, the European Environmental Bureau, and you can find uh, Pietro Barczek, uh on Twitter uh, at p b a r c z a k, or he's also on LinkedIn under the same thing. That's p b. A-R-C-Z-A-K and I'll stick those in the description and your email is there as well. We'll give that out. Yeah. Your, it's, email, it's your email is P-I-O-R sorry, P-I-O-T-R dot B-A-R-C-Z-A-K at E-E-B dot org and all those details will be in the description for everybody and we've got to say thanks so much again for coming in and sharing all that information with us. That's extremely useful information and we wish you the very best with your, your ongoing efforts. And Thank you, Sam. We'd love to talk thank to you, you again at some stage. Yeah. Okay, thank you so thank much. You. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. You're welcome. Bye now. And the CAN Project's email is canprojects.info at gmail.com. And you'll find a link to the CAN Project's website in the description. All the best. Projects Culture, Arts, Nature and Wellness is an outreach project advocating that active engagement in positive and creative outlets is beneficial to our health and our environment. If you'd like to contact CAN Projects, you can email us at canprojects.info at gmail.com and the link to our website is in the description. Are you super interested in shizcoin and get totally excited by pyramid programs? Do you feel ready to give your money to a faceless stranger on a pinky promise of endless returns? Then this is not the podcast for you. <laughs>